0: Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. The Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication.
1: Welcome once again to Glacial Multimedia's podcast series. Another fantastic topic for you today. We're going to dive in and talk about converting your digital leads. Got a special guest we'll introduce here in a second. Once again, my name is Daryl Quinlan, your moderator. Uh, I'll go around the room and have everybody here physically in the room with us today introduce themselves. My name's Spencer. I'm the paid search director at Glacial.
2: Hi, I'm Michael Dubkowski, the CEO at Glacial. Fantastic.
1: Thank you, gentlemen. And we do have a very special guest today. Got a little a little bit of an intro about him. For more than a decade, our guest has helped medical practices dominate their local markets. He's been involved in all different aspects of practice promotion, traditional, digital, social, staff training and development, large-scale practice growth and strategies. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Digital Diagnosis, Your Prescription to Attract New Patients in the Age of Online Media. And we're very pleased to have him here with us today. Mr. Troy Cole, welcome, sir.
0: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
1: How are you I'm doing, excited. Troy?
0: I'm good. I'm great. Great, great to, to have here, you Texas. here. Yeah, yeah. I'm really pleased to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be an exciting, this is a, a very passionate topic of mine, man. So I'm really excited to be on.
1: We know it. That's why you're here, kind sir. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about converting your digital leads. It's something that we uh, all are pretty deeply involved with. Um, we get a lot of sometimes pushback from practices. We get feedback from practices. We wanted to do some, some pretty easy, hit and quick kind of things that practices can do. But before we dive into that, let's give some quick background on where what we're talking about with these leads, where they might be coming from. Obviously, we're talking the digital realms, so we're talking places like social media and so on. Spencer, I know this is an area that you dive into a lot, so give some, just some easy examples of where these leads might be coming from. Yeah, uh,
3: you know, when we're focusing on the web, these leads are going to be coming from a, a variety of places. They can be coming from your social media accounts, but more likely, they're going to be coming from organic searches. Uh, people finding you on google.com and around the web, and people being referred to you from your paid search ads and those are really going to be your most common refers uh, when it comes to lead generation through the web
2: and I think you know recently this year uh, this is Mike by the way recently this year you know, we actually started to see a lot coming from the social media ads and I think Troy can sure. elaborate a little bit more on that too um, but you know we're really starting to see the growth of, of digital leads coming from different areas this year uh, remarketing leads we're talking about some geofencing potential leads these are new areas in the digital realm that are going to start bringing some leads. But yeah, traditional paid search and organic
1: search work real well. And Troy, what are some of the places that you're seeing a lot of the leads for your practices coming from?
0: Well, we do a lot of traditional media still as well because you, you get the, the message out there, say in radio or in television, uh, and you're driving folks online that en- they end up on the places you just mentioned, and they end up uh you know interacting with maybe an ad online or visiting your website and then being retargeted or checking out your facebook page so even you know we're talking about the the digital realm but even any traditional efforts that that you're making in terms of your marketing are driving folks to the web as well um i mean fact of the matter is if someone's going to call your practice or engage with your practice to, you know, possibly have a surgery or a procedure with you, they're going to check you out online first. They just that's what's going to happen before yeah. they Absolutely. pick up a phone. Yeah. So, so just think of think of your, you know, you, this is how we talk to our clients. Think of your uh, website as that portal for people connecting and making that first connection with your practice.
2: And yeah. that, Troy, I think your uh, your points really really well made there, you know, and I think it lends itself to top of mind awareness. Sure. And you know, something that came up earlier in the day today was you know the importance of top-mind awareness. awareness. And whether that's something that happens through a radio ad
1: or through a geofencing campaign, you know, these are things that need to be reinforced. Absolutely. So once we're getting these leads, um, and I know we, we deal with this a lot, we've done a lot of A-B studies and so on about where to then send them to try to help get them as an actual lead. Um, there's, you know, a lot, of, a lot of train of thought, send them directly to your website. I know we work a lot with landing pages, and Spencer, you do a lot with those landing pages. Talk about the pros and cons of sending them to a landing page versus a website.
3: Yeah, well, I think it can be even simpler than that. Uh, the reason we use landing pages is because they present a really fluid user experience. The information is highly relevant, and the navigation is generally easy. They're mobile-friendly. Uh, they're easy to scroll up and down and find the information. That's really going to be the key. If we're talking, uh, you know, LASIK, if you put somebody on a cataract page, they're going to get frustrated and they're going to hit the back button and you've lost that potential lead. Same thing with a homepage. Maybe they're looking for LASIK information and they land on the homepage and it's buried and they can't find it. Uh, They're going to hit the back button. They're going to get frustrated and they're not going to consider you. So really the most important aspect is having that consistency and that relevancy and then, of course, the ease of navigation. You want to make sure that people can find that
1: information, and that it's as easy as possible to do so. Troy, in your experience, do you have better success uh, having people go to a website, or do you do you create separate pages for them to go to? Or at the end of the day, does it really matter for you?
0: Yeah. Any time we can hone in on the context, and and really, we talk about the pain that that prospect is experiencing. You know, you've got some folks who are who are going to be more focused on the financial aspects some that are going to be more focused on the different types of procedures or or technologies they want to know about the surgeons anytime we can hone in and say okay this this is what that person's concern is and then give them that content that feeds that you're going to have higher conversions period absolutely lends itself to different types of landing pages
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's all about answering a question that somebody has or a need. Somebody is looking for an answer to a question, a solution to a problem, and if you can present that information in a clear and concise manner immediately, you're going to be far more likely to get that lead.
0: And here's the thing. Your competitors aren't doing that. Think about what you're doing compared to your competitors. You know, everyone's out there in the marketplace. Everyone's promoting their things. Your competitors aren't doing that. They're dumping people onto homepages or they're serving up, random big pieces of information, when you can hone in on the problem, if you can be the one that describes the prospective patient's problem in a way that they say, man, these guys really get me, they're going to choose you. They're going to choose you. They're going to pay more for your services. Uh, They will drive further for your services if they're convinced that you're the one that knows what their pain is and that you can solve it.
1: All right. So now we know where the leads are coming from. We've talked a little bit about um, once they get to a particular place, having that place be the most user-friendly experience possible, answering that question, giving them the content they need to make you shine. Now you've got the lead. Fantastic. you put the money in, the effort. You've got the lead. Now let's really start to dive in about how to convert that lead once you you get it. I think we'll all agree that the most important thing to to have when you start is to have a plan in place to convert that lead. I think that's just the basic building block is have a plan. Spencer, you've talked with patients about our practices about having that plan.
3: Yeah, I think particularly on the marketing side, of course, working with paid search, you're... You're literally paying money to get these leads, and we're we're looking at uh, conversion rates, we're looking at cost per acquisition and things like that, and the ultimate goal is to get that cost per surgery number as low as possible so you have the highest possible returns. And if you don't have a plan in place to try and convert those leads into patients, and they're going to be all kinds of leads, they're going to be in different parts of the buying cycle. They could be looking for answers to questions, they could be ready to commit to a procedure, but you need to have a game plan in place that's going to maximize the effective, effectiveness of that uh, that conversion generation, and do everything you can
1: to try and get that lead into your practice. Troy, I know you you spend time in practices talking to practices about how to implement their plan, having that plan. Walk us through some some of the things that you talk about when you're there face to face with people.
0: You know the number one. Piece of information, the number one piece of advice that I could give anyone listening right now that is going to dramatically increase the number of these online leads that you convert is to figure out in your practice how you have someone that gets these leads and calls them back as fast as humanly possible. If you do that, you will immediately see increases because what happens, what we see is that these leads, you know, maybe a lead comes in from the website or it comes in from a Facebook ad, and it goes into some, somebody's inbox, the patient counselor or some general inbox you have, and then maybe later on that day or a day or two later, somebody fishes them out and decides to, to maybe call them back or shoot them an email. Well, that, that, that lead is cold at that point, and it's going to be exponentially harder to get them on the horn and get them in your office than when you call them back within 30 seconds. So the first thing that we do when we go in and talk to a practice is say, okay, who is going to own this process and be in charge of these online leads and getting a hold of them as fast as humanly possible? Figure that out, assign that ownership, and and we immediately see a nice little bump when that happens.
1: Because let's be honest, just because they sent you a lead doesn't mean they didn't send the same thing to two or three other practices. Exactly. And if you can beat someone to the punch, they're most likely going to end up following through with you. So having that plan, of course, is, is crucial. Uh question that I do have, um, how many of your practices that you deal with, Troy, actually have some sort of software that will assist them in that tracking process when they get that lead? And does that software really end up helping those practices manage that lead process?
0: All of them. All of them do. It's actually a requirement that they have that type of a system in place. You know, when it was just phone calls 15 years ago, you could deal with... Uh, you know, a spreadsheet and, and and doing all this, you know, in, in, in shorthand and keeping up with folks. But these leads are coming in from all over the place. Like Spencer said, they're in different areas of the buying cycle. You've got to have a way to make sure none of these folks fall through the cracks, that you're making notes every time that outreach happens. and And maybe most importantly, having that accountability that, you know, when Sally Jones came through, As a lead last week, well, she's already been called twice, emailed once, and sent a text message, and all those notes are in the records, and and you're just not going to let her go until you've solved her problem. So the software is absolutely important.
1: Not only does the software, of course, help you through the lead tracking process, but it also, just like you were mentioning, gives accountability for whoever is responsible for that at the practice, they can show the doc, yeah, look, we called this person six times or whatever it is, and they just simply weren't, weren't interested. They showed that initial, but we made the effort, and they're just not there. Or the doc can look at it and be like, we only called them once? How, why? Why didn't you call them three, four, five times? And I think that's something both Spencer and Troy, you guys encounter, is that the, or, the initial reach out is they may do just that but then there's no follow-up after that. I know, Troy, this is one of your big-button topics that you like to talk about. So tell us kind of what you tell the practices to do. Is once sufficient or is 20 times sufficient?
0: Yeah, look, once that person has raised their hand and said, I'm interested in what you have, here's the deal. People aren't tooling around on a medical website, an ophthalmology website, just because they don't have anything else to do. They'd be hanging out on Facebook or, you know, Doing any other number of things online than visiting your website. So if someone's on your site or on your social media pages, interacting with your content, they have—they're raising their hand and saying that they have a problem. So if they have that problem and you have a solution for it, it is—you know—it's not just your option, but it is your duty to solve that problem and to help them uh, get that taken care of. And so that's really where. You know, that mindset, adopting that mindset of it's your responsibility to follow up with these folks helps to make sure that, you know, you're not just calling them once and then putting them in the drawer. Um, You know, one of the big misconceptions that we see and that we have to train to correct with, you know, with our clients is this idea that, well, if I call them and they don't call back, then I'm bothering them and I shouldn't, I don't want to bother them. Uh, you know, but, but fact of the matter is they've got a problem, they need a solution, and they've reached out to you to solve it. So look, you don't know if they were, you know, busy, uh, when you tried to call. You don't know if they got tied up or got distracted somehow. Uh, and so it's your duty to follow up with those folks. You don't know if, you know, maybe they just hate talking on the phone, but, but they'd much rather send a text message, right? Or they'd, they'd rather send that email. And so testing different modalities of interaction is another key point that we hit on. You know, don't try the phone call 15 times. Try it twice, and then try some text, try some emails, try some other ways of getting in touch with people.
1: That, that's a really good point because I think a lot of people get attached to a particular way of communication. Uh, email, texting, phone, and that's the one that they go to over and over. And I think that's a really good point. Try an email, and then maybe that's not the way that this person likes to communicate. They might want to actually talk on the phone. They might prefer just a quick text confirming, hey, yeah, I'm ready to go, whatever it is. So having, having multiple avenues to be able to reach out and trying multiple avenues I think is absolutely crucial rather than just locking onto one. Spencer, I know you've dealt with this a little bit as well in talking with some of, the, some of your practices.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it comes back down to the amount of money you're spending. You've spent money on your website. You're spending money to rank well organically, and you're spending money on your ads and whatever else you might be doing. And it, it really doesn't make any sense to kind of just drop those potential leads off the door and say, all right, well, I tried once. They didn't communicate. They're, they're not a candidate. They're not, they don't want to do any business with us. Right. I mean, it really doesn't make sense to not try as hard as you can to get these people into your office. Because like Troy said, these we know by virtue of having them on your website, clicking your ad, whatever it is, they have a need. Uh, they, they have a reason to be on your website, and you have that obligation to try and help them out.
1: And I think that's a crucial point that a lot of practices do kind of overlook. If someone is on the website, there is a need. They are reaching out for a reason. Troy makes an excellent point that they're... There's other things they could be doing. If they're there, there's, there's a desire, a need for them that they're trying to fulfill and hoping that you can do that. So just do it. Fulfill the need.
0: I'd like to make one clarifying point to that sure. as well to, to just to add on to what I said. While, while it is your duty to follow up and to get those folks in the door and, and to help them solve their problems, um, what we find with the online leads is that, like Spencer said, m- many of them are not you know, ready to buy today, but they're in that discovery process. And if you can walk them down the path of, of really overcoming their objections and helping them to, you know, understand what that process looks like, you can warm them up and get them ready to buy quickly. But what we see, we see practices having more success when that communication isn't just, hey, come in for the free consult. Hey, come in for the free consult. Hey, I'm trying to schedule you for your consult. If if that's the communication and people aren't responding, then there are other barriers between you and that console that you need to overcome. So we put a major focus on education and building rapport with that lead as well. And and you know it, we may have time to get into this, we may not. But you know, sh- talking about the financing, uh, you know, looking up uh, the leads' Facebook profile so you know. Um, you know, you can look at their profile picture and kind of see what they're into or what they do and give you some conversation points to build that rapport that you need that can be all that, that is standing in the way of, of getting them in the door they just feel like they have a personal connection with a counselor in your office so don't discount those things too don't just go for the sale and skip over the relationship
1: yeah and that's one of the points that we've hammered on multiple podcasts that we've done is yes you are professional you are running a business absolutely but patients and prospective patients want to see the human side of you as well. They want to see you as people as well as professionals. So just coming across of hammering, let's get you in a chair today, is not going to work at the end of the day. It's just not. Troy, you hit on a couple of things that I'd like to, get to elaborate on a little bit. Um, you talked about Facebook, exploring Facebook, and we've talked in general before about the effectiveness of Facebook and social media as lead generators in their own right and as they get more and more popular and that becomes a more effective method. Um, so using Facebook as an example or just talking about social media in general, how effective is that becoming in converting or assisting in the conversion process?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Right now... Facebook, you know, Facebook ads is an incredible platform. It's my favorite traffic source right now because you can do so much targeting on Facebook. I mean, if you're listening to this, you have a Facebook account, just think about how much of your own information you've shared with Facebook, either directly or indirectly. They know all kinds of things about you. And as an advertiser, as a practice who wants to reach new potential patients, you can run an ad to 40-year-old moms who like yoga into 23-year-old weekend warriors. And they can be totally separate ads with separate messages and separate calls to action, even separate landing pages like we were talking about earlier. So from that standpoint, the targeting uh, just can't be beat anywhere. So so Facebook ads are something that I'm very bullish on. And then, like I mentioned, uh, you know, with with looking at um, a patient's profile picture, for instance, you know, if, if we, we have practices that people will, you know, m- most of our practices will get messages on Facebook through Facebook Messenger of people saying, you know, hey, how much is LASIK or I'm interested or do you do consults on Saturdays or whatever. Well, when, when someone connects with you there, do a little bit of research on that person to see, you know, what you can find out about them and about their lives so that you have some conversation points to bring up. So from a connection standpoint, Facebook's amazing. From an advertising standpoint, uh, again, Facebook is my, is my favorite platform right now for, for reaching new patients in your area.
2: Troy, what about chat and, you know, harnessing leads through chat and, you know, in how do you convert them? Like, what's your experience with that?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, chat on a website is um, it's more commonplace now. It's more expected. We, just, we live in a world, you know, we're talking about the phone call. It's great to get someone on the phone. That is what your goal is. But most of us just don't like talking on the phone especially your younger folks, but even, you know, even older demographics, like they're, they're getting used to texting, emailing, chatting. That is just the type of communication style that's more commonplace, and it's, it's, we've, we've kind of adapted to that as a culture. And so having the chat on the website, you know, I, I talk about it as most practice websites um, have a, a contact box and a phone number. So you can, you can reach out and you can schedule or you can call somebody, or you can do nothing, right? You can do 0% or 100%. Um, you know, the chat box is, is kind of this, that fills that space in the middle where you're like, man, I'm not really ready to schedule, but I've got some questions I'd like to interact with someone about. So it gives you more engagement points. You know, the engagement points is how you get more leads out of your website. And glacially, you guys do a great job of this because you have the chat, the self-test, Uh, Just all these different ways that you can interact beyond just, hey, I'm ready to schedule. And those are so, so important to generating those conversations that then turn into leads.
3: And I I just want to add to that. This is Spencer. I mean – Having those engagement objects like you're talking about, multiple avenues, uh, you know, a self-test might be better suited for a certain audience that kind of wants to discover a little bit more about the procedure. Whereas schedule an appointment is going to be for somebody who's a little bit more serious. And back to the social media side, like you're saying with the chat box and the website, there's an opportunity through the, the messaging apps and through, you know, commenting on a post, commenting on an ad. Where your customers can engage with you with simple questions, and you have the opportunity to answer them right then and there or private message them and try and get them to be an actual patient of yours just through that interaction. I think that's really underserved
1: uh, on a lot of people's Facebook profiles. I agree. Um, we could talk, talk about this for probably another 10, 15 minutes easy, but as we start to consider wrapping this one up, what are some of the other things that we may not have mentioned that you've either seen work well or absolutely glaring obvious mistakes that people have made in the converting lead process? Troy, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah, the you know the, another big principle idea is just the idea that through your digital communication, you have to sound like a regular person. So many practices will send out communication on email or through, through reminder text or things like that that just sounds like a cold, robotic script. And when you can come across as an actual human, a person that, is, that cares about the patient, that uh, is just a normal human being. I mean, there's really no other way for me to say it. I, that's what I tell my practices. I just communicate, just talk like a human. Just Just however you would talk to your friends, you know I mean you know barring a few uh you know put some restrictions around that but but just act like a regular person when you're talking with these patients, so they know, hey, this is you know, I'm making a connection with a with a human, not with an entity, not with a business
3: yeah, and you know I think that's an important step, and really i mean you're you're doing all this work on the website and on the traditional side to try and get these patients in the door. And you really got to make sure you take advantage when they decide to contact your practice. You have to have a game plan in place and make sure you're following
2: up with those leads. Get the right personnel and train them. Uh, barely, I yes. think that, that's key, and I know people like Troy are very good at doing that.
1: All right, thank you all very much for uh, participating in our podcast today. Look forward for many more to come. And if there's nothing else, until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.